12. Are you guys ready? Yeah, probably. All right. Wait, is this? I said episode 14. Is it episode 14? It's episode 14. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> Howdy, and welcome to episode 14 of Cast Protection. Cast Protection is a podcast that discusses the Netflix original series Stranger Things. And like the show, we are back for season two. My name is Jonathan Kreitz, and I'm joined by Dave Atterbury. Is it bad, Lucas? Lucas, ah. is it bad? And Chris Tyler. Hey. Hey. You can reach us at uh, castprotection at gmail.com, on Twitter at, at castprotection, and on Facebook. Just search for Cast Protection. And also, we'd love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. I didn't see any new ones this week. But uh, we're always looking for good iTunes reviews. Yeah. So let's get to our synopsis for Chapter 2. And uh, here we go. So the opening begins basically with quick cuts to Elle's final moments destroying the Demogorgon in Season 1. She then wakes up in the Upside Down and is basically looking for Mike. She eventually finds a hole that the monster had made to our world and uses her powers to make it big enough so she can escape. She heads back to Mike's home and it's crawling with feds. Mike's father says that they will all cooperate. They're all patriots. Mm. Uh, Mike says he does not know where Elle went and he wouldn't tell them if, if he did. The agents tell Mike that Elle is dangerous and that she had been lying to them. Elle runs away and into the woods hiding as they hunt for her. Basically, um, what I didn't put there is that Mike can see just a glimpse of her looking in the window, and he doesn't say anything, but he gives enough away that the the agents, you know, spread out looking for her, and and uh, she hides in the woods. So in the episode proper, we begin uh, at Elle's cabin, and she surprises Hopper with a ghost costume while he makes breakfast. <laughs> she wants to trick or treat and would be safe in a costume, as no one would recognize her. Hopper says, "No way, they are not stupid." He compromises by saying he'd get off early from work, bring her candy, and a scary movie. At the buyer's house, Joyce has a panic, uh, basically when she can't find Will, but he was only going to the bathroom. She suits him up in his Ghostbuster costume, and while doing so, she finds his sketch of the recurring nightmarish vision, but he plays it off as just material for one of their D&D campaigns. We cut to all the other boys in their costumes and then to them meeting up at school and they quickly realize they're the only ones who wore their Halloween costumes <laughs> to school. <laughs> Which that part, you know, that kind of confused me initially because I thought, well, what grade are they in today? Is this their first year in high school or, you know, what changed that, you know, no one wore their, their costumes? Well, yeah, it was, that was a nice moment. Yeah. Uh, Joyce calls Hop and she is disturbed by the drawing that she had found. Uh, Hop thinks that maybe Dr. Brown is correct, that maybe they do have PTSD. So as they share a cigarette, they reminisce of smoking together back in high school. And over at the Hawkins Laboratory, a scientist enters the Upside Down to repair an observation station in the Upside Down. He's successful, and now they've regained their connection to the Upside Down. Nancy and Steve study, but she's still distracted. She thinks she sees Barb in the stacks, but it's actually someone else. Steve suggests that they move on, but Nancy just can't do it. She wants uh, Steve wants them to just go to the party, the Halloween party that night, and have fun and just act like normal kids, basically. Lucas and Dustin pursue Max and ask her to go trick-or-treating with them that night. She agrees and will meet them later. 
Back at the cabin, Ella's watching daytime soap operas and hears a squirrel outside, and this causes her to flash back to uh, her time in the woods before she gets to this cabin, and she kills, basically kills a squirrel, smashing against a tree to eat in the forest to survive. But while she's cooking it, she runs into a hunter whom she uses her powers against to take his hat and coat. Back at the police station, uh, Farmer Merrill's neighbor has come to say that Merrill has poisoned his crop crops and also everyone else's. This puts Hop on even more alert, and he goes to investigate. After school, Max gets into the car with Billy, and we see what just an oppressive jerk he is to Max. He hates Hawkins, and when she says that they should make the best of it and that it's his fault that they left California, he gets angry and just drives faster and faster. Dustin, Mike, and Will are on the road. I mean, sorry, Dustin, Mike, and Lucas are on the road on their bikes, and they narrowly avoid getting run over by Billy. So, Mad Max, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Hop in. Well, yeah, that part was cut very much like, you know, a scene out of Mad Max. Yes, it was. Accelerating down the road. Hop and the deputies are uh, basically at different farms and realize the rot has spread dramatically. Hop orders his men to begin marking the boundaries of it. They need to know how far it goes. Jonathan takes Will to go trick-or-treating, and Will basically is sad that he has to be babysat. And Jonathan agrees to let him go on his own. Uh, This frees Jonathan up to go to the big party that night. At the party, Billy is crushing keg stands and messes with Steve while Nancy starts hitting the punch pretty hard. And over at the buyer's place, Joyce and Bob dance to Islands in the Stream, so we're still not letting go of Kenny Rogers. Never let go of Kenny. Yeah. Uh, while trick-or-treating, the boys in their quote-unquote exterminator costumes <laughs> are ambushed by Max and her Michael Myers costume. Oh, my God, Lucas screams so like, great. I know, it was good. <laughs> Lucas screams like a girl, and they go to beg from the rich people. Mike is not happy that Max is there. It's getting late, and Hopper is still out marking all the rot. He's on, the ed- he's on edge, and it basically sounds like something is out there in the woods with him. He realizes at that moment that he forgot about Elle and their Halloween plans. In the cabin, Elle is upset that Hop is so late and remembers back to him leaving her food in the box in the woods. Mike is upset that he wasn't consulted regarding Max. Dustin and Lucas are really excited that she's there. And just then, a trio of older kids jump scare Will, calling him Zombie Boy, and he falls down. When he hits the ground, he's basically in another vision of the Upside Down. The shadow monster hears Will screaming for help and appears at the end of the street. Will runs, and just as he's about to be found by the monster, he's found by Mike instead. Mike, still annoyed that Max is there, takes us as his chance to leave and take Will home. At the party, Nancy continues to drink too much, and when Steve tries to stop her, she gets angry at him. She tells him that everything, including Steve and their relationship and everything else, is bullshit. Steve leaves as Jonathan arrives. At the Wheeler house, Will tries to explain to Mike the visions he has been seeing, and begs him not to tell anyone else. Jonathan arrives with Nancy and gets her to bed safely, and then he and Will leave. Hopper gets to the cabin a few hours late and a king size too short. Elle lets him in, but she's locked herself in her room with the TV, which she tunes to an empty channel and uses to find Mike in her mindscape. Dustin arrives home for the night and hears something strange in the carport, the same animal noise that Will heard in the Upside Down, and Hopper heard all in the, uh, out in the rotted fields. He pulls his uh, proton gun from his proton pack 
and opens a trash can, and we get a smash cut to, cr- cut to credits, and that is the end of episode two. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's escalating. Things are escalating quickly. Yeah. Um, this is... It, it, I mean, it starts right off with um, answering one of the biggest mysteries from season one. Um, right. What exactly happened at the end of season one? And, right, uh, right, right. They don't really tease it too much. Um, and, you know, how could you? Uh, you know, it's a burning question. So what happened to Eleven? Uh, and right. we get it. Were you, were you guys surprised? I mean, is that how you saw it playing out, that she'd almost immediately get back? Or did you think it would be I, different? I honestly didn't know. I mean, it's... It, yeah. It's it's almost... it's. I mean, they could have they could have had it be some massive time jump, but it's almost more effective that, you know, if, if people had just stuck around, she would have been there. But uh, the fact that she's right. still on the run now, I mean, it's the same situation she was in at the beginning of, of season one. She's kind of, she's mm-hmm. on her own again. And, and where can she go? You know, that's when you, when you go to your best friend's house and it's not safe, what do you do? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I I kind of expected her to be like, you know, on the other side, and somehow they'd they'd have to go there and find her. You know, that that we'd kind of she'd be more it'd be more of a newt situation, you know, uh, with her. And uh, but yeah, I, I was actually really kind of shocked that she almost immediately <laughs> gets back. You know, in fact, I noticed that when she crawls through the wall, you can see. There's blood all over the floor. Oh, yeah. So it's the bodies are gone, but they yeah. still haven't really cleaned up yet. So it's it's pretty quick. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you get the sense, especially when she gets to Mike's house, that it's it's just immediately after they got home. You know, it's that same very night. Um, uh-huh. No, it's funny. I kind of thought there she might have like a Gandalf the Gray, Gandalf the White type situation. Right. You know, where she seems <laughs> yeah. lost and. I'm serious though, like, you know, she falls to the monster and then comes back and she, you know, that kind of happens in a way, but I, I didn't necessarily think we were going to just go straight to it this way. And because we binge watched the first couple episodes, I thought her whole kind of backstory of how she ended up with Hopper in the cabin was all resolved in this episode. And then as I was reviewing it for this recording, I realized, oh no, no, we still don't have that whole story just quite yet. But, um, no, I, <clears throat> I'm glad they, you know, showed us what happened and it kind of puts to rest another question we had at the end of the first series. And that was like, you know, it almost looked like she and the Demogorgon like annihilated each other, yeah. almost like matter yeah. and antimatter or something like that. Like, cause that kind of fed into the idea well, of maybe the monster is just like, part of her or is her in some weird way. And like, I feel like this kind of put all that to rest right away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting as well. Um, Yeah. I thought, you know, at first I thought it was kind of weird, but then rewatching it for tonight, I kind of realized that scene where the police, well, the feds show up at Mike's house and kind of talk to him and everything, everything that's said in that scene basically is pretty much just, a big explanation as to why she ends up hiding in the forest (laughs) rather than going to see anybody else that she, that she got to know in season one. Right. 
So. Right. Which is good. I mean, I, I'm, I think we needed to know or understand that. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the, the Fed showing up. So, you know, we already learned from the first episode of this season that, you know, Brenner and his crew are considered kind of like rogue agents. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they were or were not truly rogue agents or just they got caught, I don't know, or just things got out of hand. But Disavowed. Yeah, basically, because these guys showed up pretty quick with a whole story that, oh, no, she's, you know, I guess when he's saying we're all patriots here, they must have been telling him some story like, you know, she's a Soviet agent or something. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. They said she was Russian and and she's been lying to to everybody. Right, yeah. Um, Well, and, you know, it's interesting. I didn't think about it till just now, but, you know, the, the quick little scene we get where they, they cross, they send the scientist over to reestablish their little like observation tower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of shows you that, yeah, they still have a pretty vested interest in what's going on on the other side. They're not just trying to, you know, maintain the portal or keep it or close the portal or, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely trying to exploit whatever this is. Well, yeah. So, so what do you think? I mean, they don't, they didn't really say here, but like, what do you think the observations you know, set up or station or whatever it is. I don't know. What do you think they're observing there? Just like I from from the from the primitive to our eyes uh, control center that they have there. Um, it looks like it's either some type of sonar or radar. I mean, if there's a hole there, then you need to track anything that's trying to come in. Right. Yeah. So I think it's you know some sort of uh, tracker or motion sensor. I mean, because they can't allow anything to to get through at this point one yeah and they probably they don't want anyone coming from our side into there either you know anything going in or anything going through that portal is bad news so right they got to keep a tight lid on it right yeah well and i and i i feel like like that that's a little bit of a teaser or maybe a seed that's being planted for for future stories about what you know what's going to happen with um, you know, this other dimension. So, yeah. Well, I think, um, I thought it was really cool that when 11 decides to like kind of force her way out of the upside down, you know, obviously she opened the gate. We saw that in the first series right. by lashing out, like kind of in fear with her powers. But here we see her like actively make it a little bit wider, wide enough that she can kind of punch through. Um, so, I mean, I guess we knew that she could ma- manipulate the, the portals between the world, but, you know, it was really cool to see her, like, do it on purpose, basically, not just, you know, not just out of fear or lashing out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a good thing to think about, too, is that, like, these government guys, like, they don't know how to do this. Like, they don't know how that portal was created. So they're, <laughs> they literally know nothing. So they're just trying to figure out what, you know. It's damage control at this point for them. It's right. part damage control and in part scientific exploration. If it's there, we have to deal with it, so we might as well learn what we can. But right. <laughs> what the hell it is, we have no idea. Right. right. Well, I don't think. Um, I mean, I don't think Brenner and any of them knew any better either. You know. No. No. But no. Uh, with <clears throat> Brenner, it was almost a case of, damn the torpedoes, we're gonna do whatever we can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we can. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the the you know it's the 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 um 
oh god, what's the name of uh, Richard Attenborough's character's name in Jurassic Park? Oh, Hammond. John yeah, Hammond. it's the Hammond approach. Yeah. We can do mm-hmm. it, so we're going to do it. Yeah, right. so. but you didn't think you should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put it on a lunchbox. And you, and, you, and you packaged it, and, 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 and yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which I have not seen Thor Ragnarok yet, but I heard he's awesome in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> uh, he's well, yeah. I mean, it's Jeff Goldblum. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. Enough said. But it's really, it's really tough when your fiance has a crush on Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um. So. It's okay. And I felt bad for Nancy, you know, we're seeing her kind of really, really kind of fall, fall in this like deep pit of misery here as she sees Barb everywhere. And my note here is it's okay, Nancy, we all see Barb everywhere too. But, (laughs) uh, you know, (laughs) she just is almost having like a little bit of a breakdown about the guilt over Barb. I mean, yeah. Well, I think... Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think, oh, I think that's a big part of why she's like breaking, you know, breaking up with Steve because it doesn't affect him. Like of all the people that were involved last year, like Steve probably has the least amount of after effects. You know what I mean? He went on a wacky adventure and it's over now and he got the girl and so he's good, you know, whereas. Uh. Yeah, but he's also a, somewhat a, a pragmatist too. You know, it's it. You know, cool, but, yeah. in the first episode, he's talking about you know I'm probably not going to get into college, but if I you know work for my dad, it's not going to be so bad. You know, I'll have a job and benefits and adult stuff. And mm-hmm. he does apologize to to Nancy, and he takes the graffiti off the marquee, and he gets Jonathan a new camera, and he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah, but oh, yeah. There's only they're teenagers. There's only so much they can do, and he, and in this episode he makes the point like, if we talk about this, there are people that are going to come after us and our families. Yeah, like it's there is well a certain point that it sucks, but what can we do with right with our? See, that's why he's failing because he's 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 giving her the male perspective on it. I don't even know if it's the male perspective. I well, think it's just the but pragmatist he's, he's, perspective. He's, it's the pragmatist, the problem solving, but she's just, she's like, like emotionally hurt by it. You know what I mean? And he's not. Like, he's not emotionally, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he, he knows, like, there's nothing they can do. So he's, he's already like, so he's, he's moved past it, but she can't get past it. And that's, I think, why she is, you know, where she's probably still, you know, Jonathan, has more lasting effect on him from last year, which is probably, I think, why she leans toward still leaning towards Jonathan more than Steve, really. Yeah, yeah. Because well. because you know Jonathan had you know he all that happened with Will and the after effects of that. Yeah. Um. It, he's he's more haunted by last season, is what I think. What I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, clearly. Than Steve is, you know. So then I'm not saying, I'm not saying that against uh, as a negative against Steve. I think it's just why that why he's having a hard time. He and Nancy are having a hard time relate to each other right now. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't Steve's like best friend that was killed by the monster, and it wasn't Steve's little brother that was kidnapped and almost lost by the monster. Right. So that way, yes, he doesn't have as much skin in the game. 
But yeah, I mean, Chris, you were both saying the same thing, basically, that he is being pragmatic in that, you know, they, what else can they do? Their hands, you know, there's, let's make the best of it because we can't do anything else right now. Yeah. And he's he's not trying to, you know, he's not asking Nancy to, I gotta be careful how I word this. He's not asking Nancy to be something she's not either by saying, hey, you know, let's just go be stupid teenagers for the night. It's like, when you right. have that kind of weight on your shoulders, it's it's okay to have like some time for yourself, you know. And it, he just yeah. want, you know, it's like we'll just we'll go to this party. All of our problems are still going to be there tomorrow, you know. It's just like let's go do the thing that teenage like they're teenagers that have dealt <laughs> with more crap than most teenagers ever. Will. Oh yeah, so right. let's just go be teenagers and blend in for the night, and mm-hmm. everything's still going to be the same tomorrow. Well, yeah. poor Steve has the worst party ever because he gets his girlfriend drunk, which just lets all her emotions fly. Well, so he that tried backfires to, well, on him. He tried to stop her several times. <laughs> oh, he did. He did. But then, and then, and then his old best friend has joined up with the Cobra Kai's, which you know that's just bad news right there. Um, so, uh, a couple things about this party. For one, you know, Nancy is pushing to go to the party. I'm like, is she pushing to go so hard to this party because she plans to get wasted there, you know, intentionally? Like, not oh. not that all the kids aren't there drinking to get drunk, but I'm saying, like, right. she almost is like, no, we got to go to this party because, uh, like, I need to self-medicate a little bit or something like she that. She was pushing to go. She was pretty uh, excited about it in the first episode. Yeah, I oh, thought okay. so too. But in this but, one, she didn't talk about it much. But in the first one, remember she's trying to get Jonathan to go. Okay, right. Okay. Um, but yeah. Also, okay, another another question about this party. What is Billy actually dressed up as? Is he just like cool guy, no shirt, leather jacket? Yeah, Billy's Billy. Yes. Billy's just Billy. Billy, yeah. I don't think Billy would would deign to to put on a costume to go to a high school party. Okay, so that's just his like yeah going out, I, going out look. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um. Oh, there I had one other question. Oh, I guess I just man like you do feel bad for Steve, although he handles it like a man, you know, not mm-hmm. not uh in the like taking their abuse and not like. I guess freaking out about it or not, you know, retaliating in kind immediately. He just kind of lets it roll off him, you know, yeah. for as long as humanly possible. Yeah. So, um, I'm still trying to find one of those 80s style high school parties, by the way. Uh, I guys, know. Those if you guys find one, let me know. In, in fiction. Yeah. If you want to well, have maybe an 80s, we just, well, you say thing. that, but maybe we just weren't the kind that went to these kind of parties. That's that's a my I always go back to them like, is it really fiction or was it just like in a whole another realm of existence from what I lived in high school? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a different realm of existence. I think so. I remember one time driving around like, let's try to find one of those crazy parties. Yeah, you don't if you don't know where they are, you're not going to find them. Yeah, you were an invited so. man. Basically. No, I was not. If you want to have an 80s style high school party now, you have to throw it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, oh, man. Yeah. No, it's a good party. It's a good party. Um, yeah, I'm too old to do keg stands now, so that's not happening. Oh, my gosh. I, what, what did the one guy say that, uh, like, fuel, pure fuel or fuel, something like that? Pure fuel. Yeah, that guy was great. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a good good gift. Yes, when Jonathan (laughs) arrives. Yes. Which is so funny. It's like totally not Jonathan's scene, and he actually sticks out like a sore thumb as he kind of picks his way through the, you know, debauchery. Yeah. But, um... So, moving on a little bit, L basically has lots of triggery, you know, memories. You know, you yeah. hear about trigger warnings, but literally, like, and it's it's actually a holdover from the first season. So I can't tell if it's like, oh, they're just trying to be consistent with how they wrote her in the first season, or if it's just like, oh, this is all she is, is a little girl who, you know, sees a squirrel in the window and has a traumatic memory of, you know, murdering I, the squirrel in the woods to yeah. to eat. It's I had the same thought. It's a narrative yeah. device. Yeah, I had the same thought as you, JC. I think I think they were just trying to kind of kind of mirror like what happened, how they kind of told backstory of her in the first season, right? Because sure. like she would see yeah. the coke can the coke commercial, remember mm-hmm. crushing the coke. Mm-hmm. She'd see the cat outside, mm-hmm. remember being told to kill the cat, that kind of thing. Yeah. By the way, by the way, the entire season, the moment that upset and scared my daughter the most was when L destroyed that squirrel. <laughs> my daughter was like, she was she was like. What? Why'd you oh, kill no. this she, she smashed it. Well, come on, it's that's when you say to your daughter, "Well, it's it's it's." And then later, hot, I was, you know? and then late, and I'm just thinking in my head, "Well, wait, 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 wait till later." I don't <laughs> want to spoil ahead for our viewers. I was like, "Wait till later, somebody else get it worse." Yeah, she didn't quite get it in one go though, because uh, you see his little leg twitching after he falls. So <laughs> I guess she had to do something else too. That was, they did a lot of jump scares in this season, and I can't recall if there was as many in season one. No. But that was definitely a, like, if I can recall the first time watching it, like, whoa, you know, because it's very sudden when she attacks a squirrel. Yeah, well, I mean, this episode um, takes so place. So she steals. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. This episode no, no, partially ahead. takes place on Halloween, and the, the season dropped right before Halloween, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they took advantage of that then. Um, and so she steals that guy's hat and coat, and I think this is like one of the stories that uh, is it Murray? Is that the character's name? The the Meryl? conspiracy theorist? Oh, Murray. No, yeah. not yeah, yeah, Murray. So in the yeah. first episode, he's saying, "Oh, you know, there's a girl out there with psionic abilities, and people have seen it, and it could be referring to stuff from season one, but then I think it's also like instances okay, like yeah. this of this guy in the woods." You know, he's going to go back. I mean, maybe I guess he'd go back and say, no, this little girl threw a roasted squirrel at me with her mind. And I, think it was took the, my... I think it was the campfire that she had. The oh, okay. Logs, yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. She's Hopefully she wouldn't throw it. her food over at him, but no. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, but like I said, uh, before I rewatched this episode, I couldn't recall the exact, you know, delineation of when we get her whole story. We don't get the whole part right here. What we do see, I guess, is, and Dave, you kind of referred to this last episode. She, we do see her retrieve food, and at least it's, yeah. it, it's, it's wrapped up in the same way it was at the end of the first episode, or the first season. Yeah. We see her get this food out of the box. Yeah. So. Christmas okay. Eve or. Yeah, and I'd actually forgot. I'd actually forgot about it in this one because I was thinking in my head of of the scene that's coming up in our next episode was okay. thinking that that was the only one of her with the box and right and everything. So yeah, so I actually it's a lot more settled of a point now that she was getting food from there for a while before, you know. But how or like I guess maybe I'm just being a little dense about it, but like 
how or why would he be putting food out in the box for her? I don't think we get that question answered. I, uh, well, unless it's in the next episode, we'll have to double check with that one. Yeah, 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 right, that yeah. This is actually the the food in the box is um, it's one of those things that the the Duffer brothers regret actually putting in. Well, that's what Dave right. said, or you said last episode, and I yeah. and I was like, yeah, I can see why because it's I probably don't the clunkiest holdover. Yeah, it's probably the clunkiest one because it doesn't really come together that well. Um, like the way it ended in the first season, you get the idea that he oh. goes off. He goes off with the feds. You don't know what they've said to him. Then right. you see him, you know, putting food out for her. So in my mind, I'm like, well, they told her, told him that they think she's, she's still, still alive, yeah. and he, you know, just hoping she might be, and is putting that stuff out there. Like that. And you know what? Yeah. That's enough for me. And you know what? Now that we know that the feds. We're kind of looking for her and setting up a story about her. Could be right, and maybe maybe he just kind of figured, yeah, they're still looking for her, so she's still out there. So I'm gonna leave some food out here just in case. Yeah, I mean, I guess I hadn't really changed that much then. I guess it just in the way it's set up in this episode, it's just like she comes up to the box and gets the food out. Like why or how was it there? And why yeah, the, clunk, the, cl- yeah, the clunky, yeah, the clunkiest part is where is that box in relationship to the entire town, you know? And and how did Hopper guess to put the put it in the in the right spot? And L would be in the vicinity to find said egos before, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Anyways, well, yeah. So I'm willing to gloss over it. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. No, am Chris, too. dang it, we're we're not letting it go. All right. Well, you know, maybe maybe we'll get it. You know, maybe we'll we'll yeah. get an explanation next season. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I like I like Hopper and and L living in the woods. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I was thinking when I watched the episode, I'm like, you know, I can see the appeal of just trying to hide my daughter um, in a cabin <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Especially to keep away from that keep her away from that boy that likes her so much. Um, well. The one that talks to her every day on the radio. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, very, it's very it's very Firestarter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I didn't think about that, but yes, from that, yeah, you're right. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going kind of all the way back to the beginning, talking about them being in the cabin together. You know, we get I, this is our first of two, to me at least, Halloween costumes. References Halloween being like John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. Did you all think she looked like the ghost costume that Michael wears uh, in the middle? Which is have y'all ever like kind of take a step back and think about that scene? I mean, it's actually like creepy in the movie, and but it's and it's also very iconic. But at the same time, it's kind of like almost like a, a non sequitur in the middle of the movie. It's like. He's been this, like, ghost character almost the whole time. I shouldn't say ghost because then he dresses like a ghost. But you know what I mean? He's been almost, like, not even there. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And then he does this weird thing with the the costume. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's, it's funny because I love it because it's kind of a jump scare here in this. So it's scary for a moment and creepy. Right. But then it almost immediately turns into an Humor. ET homage. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's true too. It is. Yeah. yeah that's oh, right. I wasn't even thinking of that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. 
Um, and I thought for sure, I actually thought like when I, they first saw the episode, I thought, oh, that's how she's gonna she's gonna go out and bump into the boys, you know. Well, especially when Hop is late, right? You know that she's just gonna be like, screw it, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's funny because like yeah, and and I, and I think when I because I was thinking of ET, then almost immediately after that scene when all the boys are getting their pictures taken. You know, and you got Dustin's mom, and she's in the like cat outfit, just like Elliot's mom. Right. It's just like, oh my gosh, yeah. E- lot, so much ET influence on this show. I mean, yeah. Oh no, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. No, that's a good one. And then, um, of course, the other one being Max's costume, which yeah. was for a little girl, is an awesome Michael Myers costume. That's like, that's oh, another yeah. thing too. Even with the boys in there. Um, uh, Transformers, what I'm trying to say. Ghostbuster costumes. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, costumes are oh never as good of your own as they are. You know, n- parties and costumes for Halloween are never as good in real life as they are on, you know, TV. Because their Ghostbuster yeah. costumes are legit. Oh, yeah. And her, Michael's My- her Michael Myers costume is really good as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember having a, 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 Wanting a vampire costume, getting one about as good as Bob's. Um, Bob, Bob's yeah. is not bad. Bob's isn't bad. It's passable. It's passable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would never. I mean, I would have died if I had a Ghostbuster costume that good. I would have been over the moon. So yeah, no, those were really good. Yeah. Um, and speaking speaking of Max as well, we start here also to get a little bit. Just a little bit of Billy and Max's story. Uh, when they're in the car racing down the road and about to run over the boys, um, you kind of get this sense that, that obviously they're not happy to be there, but he's really not happy. And she says it's his fault. And he obviously, you know, doesn't appreciate that. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into more of that later, I oh, guess. Yeah. But you really kind of don't get the context for this until we get into it a little bit later, but it just kind of more solidifies him as just a true villain in the story, you know? Oh yeah. He's not all there. Yeah. He's an angry, angry fellow. Yes, sir. That's all right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a funny, interesting, uh, yeah, we'll have to get into more later since we're not spoiling ahead, but, uh, yeah, and you know what's interesting? Oh God, I can't really talk about it till we. All right, we'll we'll table that. We'll table whatever. We'll, we'll, ta- we'll table it, but it was interesting. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I'm trying to look at my little notes here. Yeah, I like I like how much of Ghostbusters there was in the in the episode. Oh, yeah. how could you not? I mean, come on. That's well, it it just reminded me like how big, you know, it it it's sometimes it's easy to forget because you know, we've had the movie around forever and ever and ever. But um I remember now thinking back like, you know, it was a pretty big pop culture thing of the moment, Ghostbusters when it came out. No, oh, it was huge. Um almost like, you know, Stranger Things, like it was really big, really kind of, you know, um so it was kind of cool to kind of see that reflected, you know, with the boys being totally into it and stuff. Yeah. Well, and, they, and they would be, right? Of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, though, that they're... That they're I love it. It's 
true to like their age too. When they're all sitting there and they're like, they show up at school in the costumes, you know, and they're like, they're like, everybody was dressed up last year. Like, yeah, I remember that year. I remember the year where it was like all of a sudden, you oh, know, was... half the kids at school are like, <laughs> there is cool. no Santa Claus. This is right, like, right, crap. Like, you know, yeah. it's like what. You know, so and that was a, the and that and the marketing that was a great fake out because when in the mm. marketing they showed Dustin turning around with that horrified look on his face like you think something's coming and it's like nope he's looking at all the kids <laughs> getting off the bus with no Halloween costumes normal clothes on <laughs> I know I know another reason why that's like one of the greatest trailers ever oh well and I and I love to it reminded me kind of I don't know about you guys um. Just being the age I am, like, I just remembered, like, how it kind of was back then where, you know, geek stuff wasn't that cool. So if you were going to let your geek flag fly at school, sometimes you were going to really stand out. You know what I mean? Like, you were not going to be like, people were going to notice you were wearing a Star Wars shirt or a comic book shirt or something, you know. I, I, senior in high school, one of, one of my friends and I, we wore we wore gray sweatsuits and we we dressed up like uh, was it Bella Bella and Loki from the um, the Star Trek episode? You know, he's black on one side, I am white on the other side. Yes, so, right. So, nice. right? You know, we were the only two people dressed up for Halloween, so I was like, yeah. whatever, man. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do it, you know. Yeah. Yolo, man. Totally. Totally. Um, so, were you guys surprised at all regarding Nancy and Steve? Uh, they kind of their 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 relationship meets its demise so early in the season. Uh, honestly, for me, not really because no. I mean, the writing was kind of on the on the wall. It's clear that it, that Jonathan and Nancy have more of a connection just because of. I mean, it was you could kind of tell during the first season that the two of them yeah. had to pair better together because they don't want to be what everybody else expects them to be, um, yeah. and they and they had that shared trauma. <laughs> like, you well, know. and it's been a year. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a year since you know. It's what been does Mike lo- say? It's been three hundred and fifty-five days. Right. Right. Something like that. Yeah. You know, and you, you think about like when you're that age too, like, you know, a lot happens to you in a year. There's a lot of changing and stuff. And I can totally see those two, like their whole thing running its course easy yeah. in, in a year. For sure. That is true too. I mean, I, I mean, although I married my high school sweetheart, sweetheart, but mm-hmm. yes, I mean, Me too. Relation, relationships are generally a lot more temporary yeah he's also a year older than she is too right so that's that's the big divide you know he's moving on up to the east side before she is so yeah um but yeah yeah it's um i mean he's i you know he's he does try to do the right things and it's but she's i mean she's at a place where i don't she just can't he's not the guy for her anymore. You know, it's just not, it's just not going to work. The writing was on the wall and I'm sure. Well, I think, yeah, he was always kind of a, like more of a, wow, like that guy likes me type situation. Yeah. It's the the trophy boyfriend thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, it was kind of like you said. I, I think it was obvious in season one that her and Jonathan had a ton in common, and you know it was just social stuff that was keeping them apart. You know, basically he was the weirdo that everybody kind of looks down their nose on, and he is cool with that. <laughs> yeah. As you see from the start of this season, Jonathan's totally okay with being on the outside looking in. Yeah, doesn't bother him in, in the least. And, and like we said earlier, Steve's just not ready to kind of bolster her feelings of remorse about Barb. So, right. you know, if he's not going to do that, then, you know, I, I think she's, I mean, her drunken reaction is a little, a little harsh, but again, right. you know, when you're a teenager and you're drunk and you're not happy, stuff's going to come out. Right. Everybody's going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I have to say is Jonathan's rebound is strong. Um, oh, yeah. He's ready. He's right there. He's on deck. Well, Ooh, only because he decided to actually go to the party. That is true. That if is true. If he had not gone, who knows what would have yeah. happened. Right. She she could have been eaten by a interdimensional monster. That right. Is, oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, my man, Dustin, once again, like, the king of the sh- the rock star of the show, as far as I'm concerned. Like, just the golden lines. Like, seriously, that whole exchange where he's trying to invite Mad Max to go trick-or-treating and just... That's presumptuous of you. Yeah. It is. <laughs> like, he just... What does it I, mean? Is it I, bad, Lucas? Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Lucas... I cracked up over and over again with him and Lucas trying to figure out how to speak, you know, like California dudes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and and they end up sounding like weird Australian, like, like a really strange accent, but. And, it was and, before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so they didn't have, uh. Oh no, they didn't have any reason. Some, like, commodified way to. Yeah. To speak like that. I just love that they, they couldn't work up the courage to talk to her. You know what I mean? They're right. Like, oh, yeah. Let's oh, yeah. engage. And then they just stand there. We could talk to her after class. Yeah. Yep. That was, that was me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so... Ah, uh, yeah. That's Ooh. totally, totally relatable. Yeah. Well into my 20s. <clears throat> what? Did I say right? That <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No. No. Right there with you, brother. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I actually, um, I had a reoccurring dream as a kid, um, where I could not escape from giant monsters. Oh, like, and it's probably because every Saturday morning on my local station they would always show some kind of like Godzilla, King Kong monster movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved them, and I always watched them. Um, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was funny. I remember sitting there watching the show and, and thinking, yeah, I remember I used to have dreams just like that, where it was like the giant smoke monster shows up and you're just running and you can't escape from it because you're tiny and it's huge. And like, so yeah, that was pretty, when you talk about like things that are scary and jump scares and, and more scary in this season or, or different from last season. Yeah, that was for me, it was working the, you know, his will running from the smoke monster. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I did. I 
I didn't have that in the talking points, but that was a really cool scene in part because the scale of the monster when it first like kind of unfolds up into the sky is just it's it's staggering, you know. It's like wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it it kind of starts to eclipse everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's that it's that good horror too, where it's not it's not a jump scare. It's just dread. Mm-hmm. It's that that looming terror that's just there and it's it's looking for you and it wants to find you and right. there's n- really nothing you can do right and right. I st- it finally dawned on me now during this rewatch of it um a little bit a little bit of xenomorph in that design a little, bit. little bit for the head yeah shape. yeah a little bit for sure yeah no, i'd agree now that scene with uh with with Will running to hide, you know it's interesting because he's he he's actually moved. I mean, when they actually come and find him, he has moved all the way through to the backyard, you know, of that giant house they were trick or treating at. So it's like, you know, is he just in like a catatonic state running down through there? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Basically sleepwalking. Right. Yeah. One thing um, we forgot to actually mention during the synopsis, Bob did give. Uh, um, Will his video camera, yes, um, so they could videotape oh, trick or treating. That is going to come back into play because Will does uh, videotape most of the trick or treating. He does drop it when he has that that uh, vision. So, right. Uh, remember that that is going to come yes. back into play later. Yes, you're right. You're right. Good catch. Um, well, last night I I had was I still find it like really interesting how L's power works power works in relationship to electronics. So I know we obviously saw in season one how she could use the radio uh, to communicate with, you know, the upside down and will and hear will and all that. Um, But here we see her kind of taking it to the next level with the television. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. um, And it's outside of the, 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 the tub, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Now she's still yeah. trying to uh, kind of focus herself by doing the blindfold, yeah, but she doesn't right. need to be like totally sensory deprived. You know, yeah. it's just enough to close, have her eyes be like completely closed. Yeah, and she can she can feel it. Yeah, getting I mean, stronger. I for guess. Sure. I mean, I I'm not that I've delved into the the hardcore research in terms of ESP or psionics or anything, but I guess mm-hmm. I mean it would be radio waves or electromagnetic waves or something i mean you know i yeah. guess if your brain's strong enough to to ping those things and you know maybe that's where it would be um yeah be worth a a deeper deeper dive into to looking at yeah. those things yeah um, yeah but i mean it, Fire it, up you the know, YouTubes. yeah it's a it's a consistent uh it is a consistent theme though um yeah I mean, I guess we'll have to watch Altered States or something, too, in the off-season here. <laughs> you know, see. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, going back to Firestutter, you know, when she when they have her at the shop and she's in, like, the danger room blowing stuff up, their mm-hmm. little, like, brainwave meter thing is, like, you oh, know, yeah. off, off the charts when she really fires it up. So you get the idea that, you know, her, she she is, like, emitting, like, like yeah. Like you said, like brainwaves or something that's that's doing all right. this damage. Yeah, I mean, well, because the brain is all electrical impulses, right? So I guess it would kind of make sense that you tap into something else electrical. 
you know. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love so it. Oh, go ahead, JC. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, I love that she, um, you know, she can, she's basically, I like how she switches the TV with her mind. Oh, yeah. That's right out of Firestarter as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I I love that she's learning um, how to be social with television. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Because, yeah, well, it's a double-edged sword for sure. But it's funny because, like, I mean... There was a period of time when I was a kid where um, my mom was divorced and I was living with my, her and her and I were living with my grandparents. And and then even when we got an apartment and stuff like I remember, like, I spent a lot of time by myself because the only child, you know, and I remember spending lots of time watching TV. And I was about that age, maybe a little younger. But I remember, like, very vividly, like, seeing like how she remember how she like she was like watching TV and like repeating what they said and stuff. Like I remember doing that. I don't I mean maybe I'm weird. I hope I'm not weird. But like I remember like <laughs> like learning new words from television, you know what I mean? And be like, "Ooh," or like or like funny phrases, you know what I mean? And like trying to repeat them <laughs> later, you know? And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes I got smacked, you know, depending on, you know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I remember I remember like like hearing funny lines on sitcoms and stuff and be like, I should use that one, you yeah. know, and then and again, you know, sometimes grandma would smack me in the face and sometimes she would laugh. But I just thought it was kind of funny because I remember like, you know, learning learning a lot, sometimes learning too much, Revenge of the Nerds. Um <laughs> from watching a lot of uh television, you know, in the mid eighties. So uh yeah. Anyways, thank you HBO for raising me right. Um, <laughs> I just love. I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a, a neat little bit, you know, because even though she's been in a, that cabin and she's spending so much time by herself, you know, she's got that sort of connection to the outer world through. Yeah, she's not completely cut through off TV. Yeah. yeah, but I like too though. Like the other thing too, I thought was kind of neat that the idea that she's connecting with Mike, you know, all every day he's talking to her and every day she's listening and she is there, even though he's, you know what I mean? Like she's almost connected to him. I yeah. think it, it's interesting that I think that that's why like their emotional bond is still strong. Even after a year, yeah. you know, like that's why he hasn't moved on and neither has she, because they, they are connecting on a deeper, you know, psychic level type yeah. thing. I mean, it's, it's, she's trying to, touch him with her mind that you just she yep. can't do it right you know right yeah and i, and I think that's something's going to come up i think that's i think that's another seed we're seeing for later stories in, in the, the overall arc of of l and her powers i think the idea of her her trying to connect with her mind and and that was what she was doing in season one too when brenner was trying to get her to connect her mind to someone very far away which led to her finding the Demogorgon. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. another thing we should touch on is, um, with, uh, Hopper taking care of, of, uh, 11, um, mm-hmm. with her social skills and vocabulary being what they are, he tries to explain to her what a compromise is. Um, mm. and he starts to spell the word compromise and he says, C O M promise. And, Let's not forget the word promise is pretty important in the first season. So absolutely, it's a great yes. callback. So it's um yeah, and his explanation of it being half happy is 
you know, if you're going to break that word down for a child, that's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah. So, and then he tussles yeah. her hair, which is, and she, you know, and she smiles after that. So it's, you know, it's, you know, she's, a lot of people kind of forget. Um, she's a kid. She's still a kid. And right. she's, and she's not, and mentally, you know, emotionally, she's younger than her actual age. I mean, yeah. she's probably no older than 11 or 12. And yeah. she's probably only emotionally about eight. Right. Because, you know, with the, the upbringing that she has, you know, so it's, you know, Hopper's a little, a little gruff with her, but I mean, look at the position he's in. He kind of has to be. So. Well, he's gruff with her and he is in an extremely like difficult situation with her. But I also feel like when, you know, and I'm sure he's very frustrated with, you know, letting her down regarding Halloween. But I also feel like, you know, you kind of see that he's immature as a, you know, surrogate father here as well. The whole, like, let me in, I'm going to freeze out here, and I'm just going to eat all this candy by myself. You know, I think in yeah. some ways he's kind of playing, but also it's a little manipulative, you know. he He's, he's I don't know, to me, oh, like... Very, yeah, no, I, I think you're on the right track, because, I mean, I kind of joked about it earlier, but I think... There's a big part of him that's happy to have a daughter back, yeah. but also to have her like locked away from the world, thinking yeah. that that's how he'll be able to keep her forever. Yeah, you know, he's, and he's, I yeah, he's still he's still broken. He's still a, a, a partially broken yeah. man because of his of his daughter and the dissolution of oh, his yeah. marriage. Well, and he, and he and he's alluding to it all the time. I think when he talks to Joyce, every yeah. time he talks to her about like. Yeah, trauma's real. I know friends who this, you know, every time he's saying I know friends, he's yeah. just talking about himself. I like, think so right. Too. right. Yeah. For sure. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, the scenes between him and Joyce so far this season, it's, it's, they're really nice scenes. It's, it's nice seeing mm-hmm. that he has a, a fairly normal past, you know, they both did. They were just regular schmoes that grew up in this small town together and went to high school together and, you know, yeah. were secretly smoking cigarettes together and had the same teachers and, yeah. you know, and they both knew Bob and it's just, it makes it, it makes it a, a, the world bigger. Like I mentioned last episode and it makes it, it makes it real. I mean, that's, you know, mm-hmm. when you're going to do a, a fantasy show like this, making all the other parts of the world as real as possible is really does help sell it. For sure. No, I totally agree. It's a good point. Well, and it's interesting because like they're they're sitting around reminiscing, you know, they're nostalgic about their high school goofiness, you know, and you, you can see that it's it's, you know, they're and and it leads them to you know the realization that they're hoping that their life can get back some kind of normalcy. Um, yeah, but Hop doesn't sugarcoat it either. It's like you know, it's mm-hmm. never going to go back to exactly the way it was, but it it can get better. We just gotta. You know, right. just trudge on through. You know? Yeah, and that's, I think that's probably the most mature attitude out of a lot of the adults in this show. Yeah. You know? Well, it's interesting because like a lot of their interactions, you'll see throughout the whole season, they're talking about their past experiences and and drawing upon them, basically just drawing happiness from from old memories. You know, essentially nostalgia, you know, and, 
you know, a lot of the show, a lot of Stranger Things <laughs> is about nostalgia. Yeah. And it's funny because some people like to hack on that now. It's, 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 it's kind of getting, I can tell it's kind of getting cool to be like cynical about nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, but I, I feel like that's, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like that's kind of how you keep from going crazy is nostalgia is because you get older and you start letting go of the crappier parts of your memories and you just savor the nice stuff and you think about old things and you feel happy about them. You know what I mean? Because usually the presence, usually it's just, if nothing else, it's going to be stressful. You know, most of, most of life is just getting up, going to work, working, driving to and from work, you know, (laughs) cleaning your house, doing your chores, Telling your kids to get off the table. Um, right. Yeah, right. you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, cleaning up after the pets. You know, most of life is pretty sluggish, you know, so you, but you get these highlights, you know. Like that's yeah. one of the reasons I think I really like this episode because revolving it around Halloween, I mean, I remember as a kid, like Halloween was one of those things. It was like one of those highlights of the year. You'd remember Halloween's very vividly. And yeah, you know? like Mike said, it's the best night of the year. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's and that's one of the nostalgias. You know, the seeds are planted later when you think back, oh, my gosh, that was so fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you. I mean, October 1st would hit and you'd be like, I cannot wait for Halloween. I cannot wait for Halloween. I cannot wait. For, you know, like you go out with your friends right. and right. you just you'd go out and you'd get as much candy as you could and you'd end up eating way too much of it. <laughs> you know, when you got mm-hmm. home. Yeah. I mean, that's always always looked forward to it. Right. And that's like a lot of what's going on with this show too. Is like you know these people are having extraordinary crappy things happen to them, <laughs> but at the same time there's awesomeness and wonder and magic in the midst of it too. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, I mean the the scene between between Mike and and Will, you know where they get to kind of share their their own trauma is, you know. <sighs> Of course, those two would end up having a bond, even though they didn't get to share season one together. Those two kind of got, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the, mm-hmm. the short end of the stick just in different ways. You know, one was trapped in an alternate dimension and almost died, and the other one had his heart ripped out, you know. Mm-hmm. And shoved in an alternate dimension. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, those two would would find comfort in each other and uh, yep. will's analogy about what it's like when he has those visions about the the view master being stuck in between the slides mm. it's something mm-hmm. only only a kid would be able to make that analogy you know right. and yeah. it's something that we get it because we had view masters do they i mean i don't think anybody i mean do they still make view master i don't even know i don't think they do they so, do is it, they do? I saw it at Target the other day. Okay, yep. so great. Hopefully, kids will get that reference if they're watching it. Actually, they've updated it and they've turned it into like using your you can, you can like use your phone and kind of like a more of a VR thing. That's so they've the brought same. View ViewMaster back, but um, they have both though. You can okay. get like the old like physical ViewMasters straight up with the discs and everything. I was right. shocked. I was like, holy crap! All right. so, it's nice. I have. Nice to see that. I have the old school one on my shelf. I let my kids play that all the time, but nice. you know, so it has a Batman and Robin movie 
Viewmaster thing in it. Oh, wow. Classic. Yeah, Arnold. Mr. Freeze. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Chill out. Chill out. Oh, man. Full party. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta stop talking about that because I'll just do all of his lines. Yeah, I know yep. you don't. I know I you don't know. drink, Dave. But the, the Batman and Robin drinking game, if you have a have a oh, drink every time, Arnold has one liner. I oh, would boy. do it for that movie. I haven't seen it. I've actually never seen that one. Oh, you I, have what? to. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. Batman and Robin. That one is. Yeah, I don't. I just. Yeah. Oh, Dave. It's a long story, but yeah, I've never actually sat and watched it. So. I don't know why I'm chastising you. It's like the most derided superhero movie. <laughs> but you know but... what? You, you'll sit down for an hour and forty-five minutes, and you'll 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 laugh. Yep. If you watch it yep. as a if you watch it as an homage to the '60s show, you'll have a good time. That's that's actually probably true. For sure. For sure. Well, this is cool. a good episode. Well, that, yeah. I love well, it. I love that it ended with the Ghostbuster theme. Like, oh yeah, awesome. how could you? Yeah. Not? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, come on, a mysterious thing in the trash, and we don't know what it is. Come on. Mm-hmm. And I love the, I love Dustin's shit, 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 shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the he's got the gun out. He's, of course, because why wouldn't well, you? <laughs> well, I wondered. His almost looked like he had refashioned like a pellet gun or a BB gun or something yeah, into it. Like trying, I couldn't I was, tell what he was doing there with that. I was I was looking hard at, at what that was because they all had the same. We're a little different, right? No, they or all you think they're the, all the same? They all had the they're, same exact. Yeah, they I mean, they made them together. They kind of they all were. The jumpsuits were all similar. a little different, but the, the 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 proton wands were all the same. Yeah. So I don't know what they used. Yeah. But, but that uh, was some, that was some that was some world class mid eighties cosplay. That oh was, yeah. but that it was looks awesome. like it's all stuff that they could have grabbed from you know yeah, a hardware totally. store or out of their garage right. and made, you know, because like the wires on it were just you know it looked like it was just you know cloth you know and ribbon mm-hmm. and black spray paint and electrical tape. Right. So it's something that you could probably you know a kid with the help of a parent could make it. You know, so yeah, it's good for stuff. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I I also enjoyed the uh, the like I said, the smash cut to the credits with the Ghostbuster song. But there's also a song at the party that reminded me of Days Gone By, and that was Girls on Film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Which for those of you who have listened to Dave and Chris on previous podcasts, uh. We'll get that reference, but yeah. that's for another time. <laughs> yeah, this was well, a, this, yeah, this was a good episode. Um, it was good. It was it was good. I'm looking forward to the next one too. It, uh, like I said earlier, it just kind of continues to escalate things, you know, like yeah, gives us Eleven's backstory while also you know just upping the mystery level. I mean, we didn't really even talk much about Hopper and the deputies, um, you know, investigating the rot. And, investigating right, their rot right. but i mean it's it's gotten it's it's spread dramatically even over you get the idea that even over that previous night you know mm-hmm. uh, and that's a great part of this season you know since we don't spoil ahead we'll, we'll get into it later but that's yeah there's plenty that, more that, about that yeah that side story is is some great writing and i think they did a fantastic job of playing that whole side of it out yeah 
Sweet. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to you throw in before we head out? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, you know, so if you're uh, taking these, uh, watching this season episode at a time, watch watch the next one already. You, you you can watch you can watch this one now, then watch the next one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But don't you watch ahead until you've listened to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would know. Now, now you can watch episode three because then you can listen to yes. our episode three. There you go. There you right. go. Well, I guess it would be episode 15, right? And if this is and if this is like five years from now and the whole show's out and our theories are totally wrong. Email well, us. Well, let us know. Yeah. Tell, tell us, us how dumb we were. Tell us we were wrong. <laughs> And hopefully I'll actually have all the pops by then. <laughs> oh, I saved. Yes. Okay, hold on. Hold on while we're on the air. I saved a Funko post I saw on Twitter today oh, with no. with a new with some new pops. Here, I'll send it to you in the chat. Oh, God, Just give me no. two seconds. Uh-oh. Yeah, you'll like it. You'll like it. Don't feed my addiction. Yeah, I'm, I'm enabling for sure. No. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. I just I, I just ordered Max with the Halloween costume today. That's oh awesome. boy, here it comes. What do we got here? This is thrilling audio. No, no here it comes. Right? A lot of demo dogs. Spoiler alert. Oh my lord. Oh no. Yeah, no, no, scroll no. down a little bit. Oh god. Oh. Oh, the eight bit ones, yeah. Yeah, I had not seen those before. Is that a is that a thing? The eight bit ones? There's very few of them. Um, the Stranger Things ones, and I think there's one other line. Oh God! Oh look at that! Oh my God! Why did you send me so, this? The, the Dustin one, the Dustin one's really good, and the eleven one's really good. Kids at home, there's an eight bit Demogorgon with, yeah. with both mouth open and close. It looks amazing. Yeah. We got oh, we got Dustin and Dart. Nice. Oh, so good. Eleven in her punk look. Oh, with the egos. And a little nosebleed. Um. Nosebleed. Oh, dude. Yeah. So there you go. Not to like I said, not to be a total enabler, but you're enabling me. Yeah, I am. (laughs) I also like the the plushes. It's a oh, it's a nesting plush doll. Yeah. Each stage fits inside the other. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah. There you go. That's Poly- cool. There's some, there's some good merch. And, Demo- and Demogorgon, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Demodog. My, oh, Joy sent me some great pictures from Target the other day. Some really cool retro style Stranger Things shirts. So keep hey, your eyes I didn't, and we also didn't mention this last episode. Did y'all see the the season one Blu-ray set? Yes. Yeah, dude. Season one Blu-ray set. The VHS packaging. You did get it. Oh. I didn't get it. I've seen it. It is okay. glorious. Ah, uh, yeah. dude, I'm like really tempted to buy it. I mean, I'm like, I know we're gonna have a Netflix subscription into perpetuity for most, you know, most likely. For the but packaging is... on that and the fact that it's it's a Target exclusive. It's twenty four ninety nine. If you people, if you see it online and somebody's trying to sell it to you for like fifty, sixty dollars, oh yeah, seventy dollars, don't. don't buy it. Go on, just go to Target.com and get it. Uh, because it's a Target exclusive. Don't buy it through Amazon or anywhere else. It's $24.99. It's beautiful looking. I don't know if there's any special features on it, but it's all eight episodes on Blu-ray. There's a 4K uh, Blu-ray for $29.99 if you have that capability. 
Um, Don't take that one though, because the packaging isn't as good. And it's I've not heard as there's good. No. And I've heard that there's problems with it, like oh, okay. um, the way the, the like the, the audio and stuff. So just just go with Blu-ray. You can watch 4K on your streaming Netflix, but get the Blu-ray set for the VHX retro packaging. It's that, that's it. what, I mean, it's literally just the packaging alone, which is so dumb to think, oh, I want this because of the packaging. <laughs> oh, I do. But it, it looks great. It looks, it looks like awesome. a battered, beat-up rental VHS yep. from your mom-and-pop video store. Yep. It's glorious. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 If you love Stranger Things for the nostalgia, you're going to love this Blu-ray set. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, that's our uh, that's our Stranger Things merch moment for the for the night. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, we'll just rehash the the boilerplate from the top. But you can email the show. Uh, just go to castprotection at gmail Send us an email there. That'd be great. We'll read it on the air. Anything you send us, we'll read it. Uh, so don't go crazy. And we are still looking for iTunes reviews. So please, good ones, five star. That's what we want. Uh, we've got a perfect five-star average rating right now, so we want to keep that up. <laughs> yes. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We actually are, like I said, I think last episode, we, I think I approved four or five more people this week for the Facebook group, so I it's approved. growing. It's, I approved it, one it, or two people this week, too. So. Yeah, it, it's growing. So let's uh, let's keep adding people to the Facebook group. Uh, we're always you know, willing to, and happy to discuss Stranger Things or anything else. Uh, geeky and 80s stuff on there with oh, you guys yeah. so so please join the Facebook group and it makes it a lot more fun to interact with everyone as it we does. discuss these episodes for sure yeah so alright guys well with that I just want to say uh, you know thanks for getting on tonight and uh, we will see you next time for episode 3 episode 15 well episode uh, 15 episode 15 of our show episode 3 yes yes sorry season 2 yes. woohoo All right. Thanks, guys. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the two true freaks at the same time. Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two true freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email two true freaks directly at two truefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.